TsunamiCon. Three amazing days of tabletop gaming happening this fall in the American heartland. TsunamiCon 2014, November 7th, 8th, and 9th at the historic Hotel at Old Town in Wichita, Kansas. Get your tickets now on Kickstarter and join us for three solid days of tabletop RPGs, board games, card games, miniature games, tournaments, LARPing, cosplay, live entertainment, contests, panels, and so much more. Plus, pick up some great convention swag and special VIG packages right there on the Kickstarter page. Find out more at TsunamiCon.org slash kickstarter Carpe Diem a safe haven for all things geek in a sea of shows about games, movies, RPGs GM advice there is only one Carpe Diem Game Care Game Care folks and welcome to another edition of the carpe gm Gamecast, the podcast where i can't think of anything so <laughs> oh that was weird <laughs> all right well welcome to the carpe gm Gamecast. i'm dan tony danza cuts in line all-star hollywood <laughs> i i i this is a message from I'm, hi i'm mac all-star i have this message from steve it says tony danza cuts tony in line. Danza it's a theorem it's a theorem it's i actually, made apparently yeah. it's an equation in yeah. many variables yeah all right <clears throat> steve <laughs> i'm lucas oh and i'm your impromptu host apparently <laughs> brian <laughs> stop shooting me in the toe when i try to start the show I can't. What? That's what we're here for. Oh, yeah. Next episode, point. we shoot him in the toe. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is what it really sounds like. Yes. <laughs> Say what one more time. <laughs> um, so it's been a while. Uh, for those of you who are checking this one out, you'll know that it's been a bit since we released an episode. It's completely my fault. Uh, I got yep. a new got a new job. Mm-hmm. Got uh, got tied down with a whole lot of extra work. Got on top of that mountain now, so we're we're back in the saddle and we're ready to start uh, releasing episodes again. That was all innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> got tied down, got uh, got to the top of that mountain. Now we're back in the saddle, ready to start working again. All right. Thank I, you, Mac. Yeah. I, duly, His new job du- is a hooker. Could, could you explain all <laughs> those hucker? in careful detail? Huh? <laughs> could you, could you explain all those in careful detail? No. Yeah. Can't do it. This week episode, Mac explains the joke. <laughs> the whole time. It's always important to explain the joke so people know why it's funny. No, it's not. That's not the way it's supposed to It's be always right. important to laugh at your own joke so people know that it was funny. <laughs> That's better. So, in any case, uh, we're going to start the episode off. We've got a, we've got a few laughed. announcements. It was sad. Sorry, Dan. Step one, make announcements. <laughs> First announcement is Lucas is officially a member of the Carpe Gym <laughs> Gamecast. What? Uh, he's we helping us. <laughs> what? We hazed you into it. Yeah. Uh-huh. He had to stab somebody to yeah. do it. Yeah. He had to perform an actual sneak attack. He had yeah. to rob a McDonald's of their nuggets. Uh, I didn't know that was related. Oh. Hey. Uh, chicken <laughs> it's just Tuesday fun. night. Yeah. I, I actually, I think it's harder to steal chicken selects. Yeah. <laughs> those are better for you. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. not, you're not notified this in advance, but if you don't loot the corpse, 
you don't get in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So good, good job. Way to go, yes. ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Lucas. Woo! Did it. We did it. Yes. We did it. <laughs> Let that guy in here. It's important to note that this is only a partial release of today's announcements. There will be no table of contents. It's version point oh one, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> none of these rules are down pat. They'll only work for this. Uh, uh, these announcements will only work for this episode. For this you episode. cannot be guaranteed that any of it will ever actually happen. Now, Mac, explain that joke. <laughs> not, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Hold on, we got some more announcements. Uh, for starters, we're going to we're we're splitting the duties here up a little bit. <laughs> Dude. Jesus, <laughs> what are you guys, six? God damn. It's been a while since we've been in the chairs. Get them all out. Get your yucks out. The penis jokes and the... <laughs> can't the no. Now he said penis. He <laughs> <laughs> can't help it. In any case, Steve's going to help start helping with the editing. It's not all going to be on me. So if I fail, we can still release. We're, we're trying to spread things out a little bit. And the ones I edit... Might be better. Might be. Might be worse. We'll see. Might there might be one in there that's just you know totally off the wall. It's we'll, crazy. <laughs> we'll, we'll start a pool on the Carpe even GM make sense. forums. If you can find the Carpe GM forums, we'll be <laughs> oh, having a betting yeah. pool on which episodes are Steve's and which episodes. Steve, are. you should. That's funny. Put hidden messages in the yeah. episodes. Steve, you should do a memento cut of an episode. It's all in reverse. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, that's, <laughs> that's a good idea. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> have to figure out what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, that's rough. That is rough. Uh, some of the other stuff we're doing is we are getting some new recording equipment, a secondary set of recording equipment, essentially, so that we can start putting out more material on the feed. Brian, this is something you've been wanting to do for a little while. A while, a while yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. We can't make any promises because they'll never come through. But right. We started report, recording this podcast because we had really interesting conversations about role-playing <clears> games <throat> that we thought other people might like to hear. And Brian has really interesting things he does alone in his room at night that he thinks other people would like to hear. <laughs> so far, two people have described. Do I need to explain that joke, <laughs> motherfucker? That's funny. Wait, what? Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so, um, also another announcement. This episode is being recorded and is going to be released out of sync because of the subject matter. So it's in the future. Uh, yeah, so the next couple of episodes you're going to hear have been... They're already recorded. We're going to drop them uh, pretty quickly right after this one. And uh, then we're going to start doing a new part of the show where we discuss next week's topic at the end of the show and we would like you guys to get involved via Twitter, Facebook, whatever and get um, put out your opinions so we can read them on the air. What am I missing? There might be a change in the format of the show. Yeah, you might feel some format changes. We're, soon. we're building. We're, we're playing around. We're figuring stuff out again. Uh, based on my new job, uh, I now have a slightly different schedule than I had before. So we're Moving stuff around. We're trying to stay productive, but uh, we're not sure exactly what the best times for us to record are going to be for all the projects that we have in line. We've got a lot of stuff we'd like to do with this thing. And Same uh, channel, new great time. Yeah. And with the with us having topics decided ahead of time, we'll be able to be more active with the social media. Right. Absolutely. Discussing our topic ahead of time and getting more community involvement. Right. In case you're wondering why we're becoming anal retentive... I believe we mentioned that Lucas was now a permanent member of yeah, the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, the bookkeeper. And finally, Brian, Lucas, and I will be at Gen Con this year. So, uh, we might, uh, we might be able to bump into y'all. Yeah. Dan will be the guy wearing the giant purple pimp hat. <laughs> yeah. Be a Great. Man 
with a giant purple pimp hat, walking around Gen Con interviewing people and playing bad games. Now you've locked if me into like wearing meet, a giant purple pimp hat. If you'd like to hat. meet the host and producer of the Carpe GM Gamecast, as well as several of the oh. podcasts in the Carpe GM Network, look for a man in a giant purple <laughs> pimp hat. Oh, wait. Steve is now editing. That makes me the executive producer. <laughs> Shit. Doesn't that just make him... <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, let's move on to uh, what's on our horizons. All right. Who wants to start? Brian. Go. Me. What's been on your horizon? Well, Dan, recently I have been diving into animated television. Um, one of my favorite shows is back on the air, uh, The Legend of Korra, Avatar, The Last Airbender sequel series. And the first, like, title. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's the whole thing. Subtitle Tony Danza cuts in line. (laughs) Um, but it's code. The first three episodes came out all at the same time. Basically, they, like, just dropped three episodes in one day. They had, like, an hour and a half marathon. And it's really, really good. And I'm sure people who listen to the show also watch the show because it's very popular. And I think it's one of my favorite shows I've ever watched. And I'm really, really happy to have it back. And they're doing some really cool, interesting stuff to make it feel a lot more like the original series again. I think we um, supported it on the show. Oh, I'm sure we did. Yeah, twice. But, um, so I'm doing... I was excited to watch that. And then the other things I've been watching is, like, I generally hate anime, like really don't like it, but I've been giving it a chance lately and I've been watching a handful of different ones. I got into Attack on Titan. Uh, I really liked that. Uh, it's really interesting, like horror craziness. If you guys haven't seen it, it's really good. And, uh, I've been watching a lot of One Piece and, uh, I watched this thing called Sword Art Online, which is basically like people trapped inside an MMO. And if they die in the game, they die in real life. Yeah, I've heard a lot about it sort of online. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard about that one for real. Yeah, they use a lot of like gamer lingo and stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. They call people nubs and stuff like that and <laughs> loot drops and everything. And it's a pretty cool show. So that's what I've been doing. All right, Lucas, how about you? Uh, well, other than reading the first fifth ed stuff, I've gotten into Star Trek Attack Wing, which is a minis game put out by WizKids. I don't know. Have you talked about it? On the show nope, before? I didn't no. start playing it until a week ago. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a minis game using the, uh, what's, the, what's the maneuver system called? It's, they, it was, it was, it was just the Star Trek, uh, or Star Wars, uh, X-Wing system previously. As far yeah. as I know, it's not called anything in particular. Okay. It's a really neat system of, like, maneuver so templates. So Fantasy Flight for... Games got Star Trek and Star Wars no, licenses? No, they licensed the system to WizKids, who is ah. now putting out Star Trek. Fantasy and, Flight okay. had the Star Wars license, and they put out a game that was moderately interesting, but a little badly executed. And they Star Wars practically folded. And they licensed the game out to WizKids, who was like, okay, we're going to make Star Trek with it. And then it did so well. Star Trek's really taken off. Um, it did so well that that Fantasy Flight started re-releasing Star Wars again. Hmm. And the reason that uh, Fantasy Flight couldn't do Star Trek is because WizKids already had the license for other games they were putting out. Because mm-hmm. they've got a Heroclix version of Star Trek. Which is terrible. Yeah, this system's much better. And also, like, so the old system when it was applied to, or the the, the existing system when it was applied to the old X-Wing game, 
fighters only shot straight. They were really fast. They had to wheel back around each other in order to shoot each other. It was a little not great. The naval style combat in Star Trek, where things are banking around each other and able to, and have firing arcs and that sort of stuff, works really great. It's a it's it's a nice simulation. It's 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 a well balanced system. Competitive play is really easy. And one of the, one of the big notable things about it, since I'm I'm actually watching through the Star Trek shows right now, is it's it's really well matched to the flavor of the game. The the cards for for each ship, when you get a bunch of cards that do specific things like different crew, different special weapons, uh, different upgrades for your ship. You can pinpoint what part of the episode that crew member was relevant and that their power is doing about approximately what they did on the show. Yep. There's a, a ship coming out right now that has this character who's only in two episodes of Star Trek Voyager on it. This character is a psychopath. He like Voyager's a show where they're all out in the middle of nowhere, and, right? And they have somebody on the ship get murdered, and they're like, "What the heck?" <laughs> like we come from like Paradise Federation world of the future where humans have no problems, there's no disease, no money. No. Why why are we having this random murder? And it turns out that one of them's just a serial killer who couldn't hold out anymore. Like <laughs> and, and he knew that he was going to get caught, but he had to basically. And like um, that guy's. They, they they have to figure out what to do with him, and they like basically just lock him in his room until they can get home and put him in jail or whatever. And by golly, there's an episode that there, he's in one more episode. He's in a later episode where all the crew get like captured and they're all being held prisoner while somebody takes over the ship. And but they forget that there's one guy who's locked in his room who just happens to be a stone cold commando style killer, <laughs> and he breaks out and kills everybody and frees the ship. He dies doing it, but he's like, finally did good. And, <laughs> and by golly, his card does exactly that. Like, <laughs> and you can just point to it. You can go, oh, that's that guy from that episode who did that thing, and this is exactly what it would look like in the game. That's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, and I, I kind of want to do an episode about this in the future, we just discovered that the Ultimate Campaign book for Pathfinder is awful for scaling. Sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really bad. It's got rules for doing individual buildings, and it's got rules for doing kingdoms, and it has nothing in between. Really? It, it doesn't bridge that gap. You can't build from a small settlement to a kingdom. The kingdom rules assume you just have a full-fledged city going. Yeah, it hmm. goes. There, yeah, that's actually. There, your, yeah, there's no way in the settlement in in like the city building stage to have a population density less than. 250 people per lot. And I mean, wow. like, and a lot is 750 yeah. feet on a side. So if you want an inn in your city, that's 250 people extra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and things, all buildings are by lot. So an inn exists and must have a house next to it because that makes sense because the innkeeper has to live next to his inn, right, in order to run it. Except that both of those take up one lot space and are considered to have 250 people yeah. per lot. So, so why can't the innkeeper just live in his inn? You know, you know, Dan. <laughs> fucking in. Um, it's it's because the whole thing is is written under the assumption that you're designing full fledged city blocks, which shouldn't be the assumption for. And even then, it's not actually small I, enough. I bet there's yeah. something missing. There's there's some middle book somewhere that the 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 keep builders guide or the 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 village idiots guide to. To, it's to, not designed to for what we're trying zoning. to do. We were even breaking it down mathematically, and their things don't pair up. Okay. Kingdom size versus population don't match up. When you're doing like the downtime building, building by building stuff doesn't match up with building a whole city. A whole cities' populations don't match up with 
the like city breakdown for it's a village if it's 250 people it's a small town if it's this many none of that matches up it's ignorant so let's put a pin in that one yeah because i completely disagree with him uh, cool i i disagree with what it's made for let's let's Uh, stick a pin in that because i think running the kingdom um the Kingdom Builder game. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's not definitely for a its full own topic. topic. Yeah, that was that, that one's hefty, and I've I've actually got a couple of plans to do just that. So now I'm very interested to hear both sides of this. So uh, Star Trek, that complete yours. Yeah, and Star the, Star Trek and and the the ultimate campaign. Ultimate campaign. Steve, how Dan, about you? something dropped this week. What oh dropped? God! Yep, it's gonna. Sh- it shook the found very foundations of culture itself, Dan. <laughs> and what was that, Steve? Dan, this this past week, the dawn of a new era and <laughs> in human culture. Is it a dawn? Has really? bloomed. Or is it more of a has ha- dusk? It, it has the the sun has gone down <laughs> and the moon has risen. All right, <laughs> because moon. a new Sailor Moon series, a remake. Has arisen. Oh my god! Oh, and really? it has premiered. It's a yes. wait. 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 Uh, oh, thank God! They it's... rebooted it so we can get in on the continuity on the ground floor. Yeah. Wait. So you're... <laughs> this is a We're really a... Sailor Moon continuity. <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing because they don't yeah. say the names and roles of every character in every episode. <laughs> it's a full fledged reboot. <laughs> <laughs> like new animation. It's you all didn't know crisp. about this? No. You know, oh, man. I am. Actually Did you watch it, Steve? Not surprised I watched at all it. Yeah. that I you, had no idea. Yeah. Please. Please tell me how it's, is it? It's it's just Sailor Moon. Like they didn't reinvent it at all. Like it's just going to be a full fledged reboot. And but they just bring the because it's been like I don't know like almost twenty years. I guess yeah. to quote one of my roommates, you know that's a lot of people's childhoods. Yeah, it really is. I mean, wasn't my thing. What, so I mean, who, it's not who, really, who's doing it? I'm not. It's like the same people, like the same voices and everything. Hey, that was fun. Let's do that again. Let's do that exact yeah. same oh. shit again. Hey, hey, Brian, you yeah. remember about 20 years ago when we had that really, really popular cartoon on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we sold all those toys. Oh, yeah, it was all great. Those, all those little yeah. fangirls were all running around. And then, yeah. Yeah, let's do it again. Is it... Get the checks! <laughs> it's the same English cast as well as the Japanese one? Oh, like, I, don't, I don't think that's going to be let's whenever not it gets translated. Anything. No. Let's just go blow the dust off of the... Yeah. The, is it Nickelodeon or is it We just re-record the audio. It's Toei. Same shit. It's Toei? Yeah. It's so... They just don't even care. They're just doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really so first we get a random crappy Dragon Ball Z movie out of nowhere, and now Sailor Moon's back. What Wait, that? what? That movie sucked. Which one? The new Dragon Ball Z. The thing. Battle of Battle the Gods is fucking yeah. awesome. Dumb. Have you seen it? it? I've seen most of it. The English dub that's not out in the States yet? I've seen stuff online. Yeah. Okay. All right, Mac. It, it's been 10 to 15 years. It's time to... Uh, Mac Rice. <laughs> You're under arrest. Yeah, no, this was this co- comedy. Comedy <laughs> show. It, it's been 10 to 15 years, so it's time to redo everything from our childhoods. <laughs> yeah, except... Th- first of all... Dragon Ball Z was not really my childhood. It was more like the teen years when nothing else was on. The beginning of the end was the Smurfs for me when they brought the Smurfs back in. Oh my like, god! Oh, yeah, Lord. they're making a new Powerpuff Girls show now. That's now, fine. Powerpuff Girls quality entertainment. We're just waiting. I hate you <laughs> so much right now. Mojo, Jojo. There's so much wrong with what like the last. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. So for Dragon Ball Z, I've really only seen the trailer and read the plot synopsis. It's retarded. <laughs> All right. Let's do, uh, let's, let, Brian, let's get the license for Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's, they're just doing it. Like it's just a relaunch of an old classic series that a lot of people like over there are over really there. obsessed with. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's know. worthy to note. Fraggle Rock went off the air before Brian was born. Yeah. And that's not true. They still make so. comics. I remember for it. watching it when I was a little kid. I don't know. I actually, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I checked out the first episode and it was just like what I expected. But I mean, I'm totally being subjective with it. Like I'm not watching it. Like getting caught up. In Are it. you actually gonna watch it though? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you watch. He's DVR. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got to act all timid about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really going to get caught up in it, but I'm going to see every episode it's, the day it airs. It's, it's, yeah. They got all the Sailor Scouts or whatever. Sailors. He, he's going to watch it religiously, but like askance. Sailor, Sailor Moon is really he's bizarre. Agnostically. Because <laughs> Sailor Jupiter in it, Sailor Jerry, and. Not yet. <laughs> Sailor <laughs> Jerry. Admiral Nelson. <laughs> It's really, it's a really weird show though, because when it first got like ported over to the US, it was really, they like changed a bunch of stuff about it. And then the third season of the original series, there was, you know a, a lot about, there was, <laughs> there was a lesbian it's a lot couple, of people's childhoods, you know, there was a lesbian couple that for some reason they, and when they ported it over to the States and like dubbed it, they thought it would make more sense for them to be cousins. <laughs> but in the show, it's like, they're still, like, a couple. So it's like, yeah, it'll make way more sense to kids if they're just, like, kissing cousins. <laughs> we can't, we can't just... They just added an unnecessary level of incest to it? Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Jeez. Um, hey, they know what us Americans like. Yeah, it's true. And I, I, it's another one of those things that I, I, I really like to be... I like to to put, like, imagine, like... uh what, like what were they thinking? Like, what, right. like th- there's another thing I want to talk about that just came out recently. But with Sailor Moon, I always like I've seen it as the story of like a a really like dumb girl and the people who hate her. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, cat, the cats, the cats who hate her. <laughs> she like can't handle it. She's like <laughs> in this like persistent vegetative state somewhere. Maybe when she's just like imagining all this like on her hospital bed. This is all a nightmare. Wow. <laughs> all right. That's a fantastic recap, Steve. Let's, now, the, uh... the other thing that I, that came out that I want to talk about is basically like the epitome of that, like sort of taking plots and, and re- remolding them and it's called Weapon Brown. Okay. And it's basically oh, yeah, okay. all the like newspaper comic strips that you grew up with that have been around forever that like aren't funny or dumb and it's that basically meets Judge Dredd. Awesome. Or like meets, uh, so it's Charlie Brown is like, yeah, in in Spider Man type scenarios with Mark Trail type morality. So so in it, Charlie Brown is Prince Valiant Art, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Ch- yeah, Charlie Brown is Weapon Brown, and so they're making fun of like Weapon X. He was like this government project after like the global nuclear war, right? Is that and why his head looks like that? He, yeah, yeah, he lost his hair, and uh, he has. A robotic arm. He's got like a Jack's arm. <laughs> and, uh, he's just like a mercenary that goes around the wasteland, like killing people. And one of the <laughs> deathlock, one of the first things that happens in the, it's a huge, thick, like collected volume comic. And one of the first things he does is he goes to, uh, uh, Dr. Van, Dr. Van Pelt. 
so it's Lucy, right. and it turns out she is like one of the doctors that programmed all like all of his triggers and stuff. And ki- kicking the football is like a rage trigger for him. And if you call him a blockhead, it's like another trigger to like shut him down. So it, when he gets too violent, you can like subdue him. And it, it's awesome. Wow, Calvin and Hobbes are in it, and they're um, they are uh, like a genetic. They're a genetic project that was like the answer to Weapon Brown and stuff like that. So he's Calvin is just uh, it's project. It's like Cal V I N or so. It's like an acronym, right? And uh, he's like this like Cal Six N. Yeah, it's like this like, super yeah. mercenary guy. And um, Hobbs the Tiger is a like a bio like this crazy biosynthetic teddy bear that can morph into a giant like <laughs> uh, killer like robotic tiger and and pee on things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on your ex wife. They do they they do a good job of putting in all the uh, uh, little like uh, quips and stuff from the mm-hmm. comics. So like That's whenever. Funny. There's a scene that's like a huge spoiler, but there's a scene when uh, <laughs> I won't like say how why it happens, but there's a scene where Weapon Brown is uh, something really like important happens, and then the next page is a huge splash page of him just going ah, <laughs> like huge, yeah, that's awesome. But those of you in podcast land, he was. Uh, Doing like a Wolverine like stance a little, yeah. with the claws out or whatever. Beetle Bailey's in it, and he's like an actual giant beetle. <laughs> Garfield, right, Garfield right, is a giant right. like dune worm and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Garfield's a dune worm? Yeah, Garfield is like this giant wow. uh, crazy fallout beast worm. Okay, okay. That's isn't there some kind of... It, aren't there like weird theories about like the kid and Calvin, Calvin and Calvin and Hobbes grows up to be like john and garfield or whatever and garfield no it's just, what is it i've always had a theory like this is see this is what i'm talking about <laughs> wow. I've, I've, just say it i've Don't always talk about had, saying it i've always had this uh garfield fight club theory where it's like fight club and garfield are connected because it's like garfield never speaks he just thought bubbles uh-huh. so garfield is actually in john's head and he's like the cool person that john wants to be so garfield is john's tyler durden well, have you okay. seen any of the? So you, you've explained no, Garfield I, minus Garfield. I've heard yeah, something yeah. specifically. I've, well, yeah, I've heard something specifically though about Calvin and Hobbes. That like Calvin and Hobbes grows up to be the ki- Calvin grows up to be the kid in something else, and I can't or, or or somebody in something else. I can't remember exactly what it is, but I feel like it might be that Calvin and Hobbes grows up to be John and Garfield, and it, Garfield's not real. <laughs> And and it's like Garfield minus Garfield, except that it's Hobbs the whole time, and if, it's just if you haven't checked out Garfield minus Garfield, <laughs> do yourself a favor. It's it's just a man dealing with severe depression. John Arbuckle. It's Garfield exactly like it says minus Garfield. It's all the cartoon strips, but Garfield's not in them. So John Arbuckle is absolutely insane. <laughs> it's. It's a there's sad, a, frustrated, lonely man oh walking around his house mumbling to himself. We, we started talking about Star Trek stuff a whole bunch because we're playing this game, and Lucas showed me that. What's it called? The Miles O'Brien thing. Oh, it's uh, I, I think it's like Sad O'Brien or something. Yeah, it's something like Sad O'Brien, and it's and it's Miles O'Brien. Who, if any of you've ever seen Star Trek Next Generation, Dan, Dan, are you familiar with? Absolutely. Star, in Star Trek: The Next Generation, Miles O'Brien, the Scottish guy, was just the guy who worked the transporter room, right? Right. Well, it's just him standing alone in the transporter room all the time, especially <laughs> yeah. in the later seasons when they realize yeah. they can beam from anywhere to anywhere. Right. Yeah, they can. He he's like repeatedly calling up his wife, and Riker's there screwing her. <laughs> like, 
Plus, it is depressing as hell. It's That's also great. important to note that by Deep Space Nine, in the same universe, at roughly the same time, they established that the computer can just teleport people <laughs> <laughs> to There's and from no places. reason to have so this guy in this the movie. most worthless job. At one point, he's talking to Picard about being promoted, and they promote him to like transport operator or whatever. Yeah, he's like, I thought that's what I already was, and he's like. I thought we fired you from that like years ago because <laughs> nobody's ever noticed. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Mac, what have you been into? Uh, well, let's see. I, I let's see. I've been uh, Tony Danza cut some uh, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, okay, no, that's all I had. <laughs> you know that. You know that's that. You know that what he wrote down was a system of a down lyric. No, nope. so, okay. no idea. I'm just really interested in the idea of Tony Danza cutting in lines. <laughs> well, what it's what called, faction do you play in Star Angela. Trek, Mac? I've been playing. <laughs> I, Angela. I, I have always been interested in playing Star Trek Attack Wing, but I waited until the board came out and read that they were broken, and then I started playing. And everybody's <laughs> <Great>. mad at me. <laughs> um, the one not, time I played, they're I used not broken. The board. They're fine, but yeah, they're fine. Well, Mac is undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, you beat me. <laughs> true. For me, it's uh, it's quite simple. Uh, my kids approached me and they wanted to play a, a new campaign. So we picked up Savage Worlds, and we um, are doing Savage Ghostbusters. Ah, <laughs> nice. So Dan hunted down his children and told them that they were playing Savage Worlds. No, no, no. <laughs> they came to me. <laughs> they seen <laughs> Ghostbusters <laughs> and Ghostbusters 2? I made them watch Ghostbusters. Did you watch? Made them, make them watch I Ghostbusters 2? I did not make them watch Ghostbusters Because, you know, in a... In a Kingdom of Blood on a Mountain of Skulls, I sat on a... <laughs> whatever the heck it is, like... So we're doing Savage Goes Lord Vigo. Yeah, Ivan Drago or whatever. Oh, wait, oh that's Rocky. Yeah. The concept <laughs> is Ghostbusters International, and uh, Ghostbusters is open up, opening up a franchise in St. Louis, uh, which is right near us. That's, so we're that's doing, international. Are you using the trope that the arch is a portal to hell? No. That's not you yet, should, but yep, it will yeah, be something. Yep. That's what it, yeah. Um, so we're doing Ghostbusters St. Louis, and uh, they made their characters and... It's it's going to be a lot of fun. We played one uh, one session that was awesome, uh, but the long and short of it is that my kids are actually really damn funny, <laughs> and it was really hard to hold stuff together. I took a couple of pages out of uh, Stu from Happy Jack's uh, campaign idea to to start the the Ghostbusters franchise off, uh, but I also found uh, some like a Ghostbusters handbook online and, and did some stuff. And I found an old deserted firehouse in St. Louis, old number 26, that is mm-hmm. perfect for uh, for the campaign. So the kids are really stoked. So because St. Louis is so close and we live in the Midwest, which is haunted, you know, yeah, yeah, haunted utopia. central. Yeah. Um, Half of their calls are to Alton. Yeah, we should be able to bring bring the campaign close to home and, and wig them out a little bit. Oh, yeah, you get to teach them some stuff. You get to teach him about the, the, the Plague Island or whatever it's yeah. called. Bloody Island or All whatever. Like, stuff. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Oh, that's going to be dark. It's going to be fun. Oh, you live in Alton too, don't you? Yeah. Oh, no, you live in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we sorry, but yeah. Um, so that's what, Oh, that's, that's going to be scary. Oh, what, dude. What, what's his address again? <laughs> if I, if I, there's an episode of Harmontown where he almost gives... He calls Chevy Chase and leaves a voicemail and almost gives out his phone number on like... <laughs> yeah, it's quite close. <clears throat> sorry. So other than Ghostbusters oh, St. Louis... We've all been kind of doing the same thing. Has anyone crossed the streams yet? Not yet. No. Not yet. You saved that so for far. So far, uh, the the first 
not so far, but the first uh, job they went on, they managed to talk some guy out of an ancient artifact that uh, there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. There are like <laughs> role playing game lessons to be learned from yes, Ghostbusters. There are. Have you had anyone ask them if they're a god yet? Not yet. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, if, Lucas, if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. No. 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 <laughs> no. I, All right. I tried to think of the most innocent thing I could. <laughs> so other than... <laughs> a reassuring image from from childhood. Other than Ghostbusters St. Louis, the only other thing that we've been doing collectively is as of two days ago... Two days ago? Three days ago. It was on the third. Yeah. Four days ago. Mm-hmm. This past weekend, the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons um, <laughs> starter set came out and the preliminary rules went live yeah right? they put out the basically the streamlined uh php on, yes. right. on the internet as the basic rules is what they're called we will uh have our first impressions when we come back all right welcome back Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition is up and running. Uh, they got a weird, weird release schedule. Yeah, it was yeah, really is, weird. I've I, never seen this type of a release schedule before. For those of you who don't know, we've got the preliminary w- rule set out that uh, Lucas was just talking about, but they also put out a starter guide, which contains you know a set of gu- a set of dice, some prefab character sheets, uh, some pre-generated characters, and uh, a super basic outline of how to play D anD. d I think it's similar to how the new Star Wars yeah. did their release thing. The okay, the Edge of the Empire or whatever. They came out with like a little box set a month before the book came out. They put some stuff up online for you to look at. Why and do you figure they're doing it like that? Um, get people to buy that thing for any reason other than uh, I mean, putting out a little starter set before you is is an easy way to generate a bunch of sales while still continuing to guarantee that people are going to. Right, I I think that like originally they would make these starter sets for like gearing towards, hey, do you want to learn how to play D and D? This is the perfect box for a beginning player. But now it's more like, hey, do you want to play the game before it comes out, like a month ahead of time? Here's what you get. It's twenty bucks. Buy it. Right, right. I was thinking maybe WotC was wasn't quite done with their design cycle, hence the weird release schedule, and that maybe they were trying to drum up. A bunch of. Uh, I mean, I think the books are printed at this point. Yeah, really. Yeah. I don't, oh, yeah. I mean, they've already got cover shots yeah. and release yeah. dates. For I mean, a lot you're of right. Stuff, when you consider what the, what the release dates are, they probably have to be about ready to ship. I think a lot of the, I but a I lot think of people were what, surprised that it just wasn't released at Gen Con. I think what what you yeah. were saying though could go into the fact that it, they could come up with this and have like be like, okay, this is ready, and we can put this out once we've got all that starter stuff figured out. We can just go back and just rework. The main books until you know we we've got so they, this. So they did design that first, but not. I mean, uh, that's but, what, I mean, but they're not in, still under what you're saying. Honestly, what I'm it, yeah. it feels it feels like a a, a third playtest is what it feels like to me. Okay, when you put but out the PDF rules document and the starter set. books are printed. What are they going to do? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't think books are printed. I don't know. Oh, I think the books are printed. I think that they just made this first. Okay. They didn't want to waste the money. <laughs> in any case, I don't know what. Um, Brian, what did you see? You saw the uh, full rules document. The- I've seen nearly everything. Okay. Uh, Lucas, what did you see? I've seen everything as well. Okay. Steve? The only thing that I've seen is the first, very first bad 
old playtest play that they so put like out a like year and a half ago? almost two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mac, you haven't seen anything intentionally, right? Yeah, I tend to be very critical of incomplete rule systems and didn't want to walk into this with a bunch of preconceived notions about my the problems that I found. To some degree, I don't want to look at an incomplete version. To some degree, I don't want to look at versions, at least for this conversation, I don't want to look at and only be able to talk about things I think are wrong, because that's what I would do in a review. Okay. Well, let's let's start it this way, real quick. What about quick. you, Dan? What have you seen? I, I saw the starter set. Okay. I have not checked out the basic, um, rules, basic document. rules document. I bought, read, and fiddled with the starter set. And I was going to start there, because i got to say, this is the best-looking starter set that I've seen for a long time. Uh, I read through even the, here's how you play D&D. And the information that they put in there, as far as getting a good grasp on the concept of the game, streamlining, teaching you how to play, it's pretty solid. So if you, I don't know why anyone who has never played D&D would be listening to our show, but if you... <laughs> Haven't checked or it out. know somebody that you'd like to yeah, teach. Yeah, this is a good thing. You can you can hand this over to your kid. Uh, you can play for a while. It's got uh, some stuff that goes up to fifth level and some other things, some things like that. And it's got a pretty decent little uh, smattering of information. Uh, it came with a came with an adventure in there as well for you to run your characters through. I didn't actually play through the adventure. I, I breezed through it. And, uh, I did sit down with some minis and, and my stepson and run a couple of little scrimmages. And I'll, has anyone else actually played? No. No. Okay. I, I can say one thing real quick, just of a very general overall thing about it with, is like how it's written, just like, you know, every, I really like the bold letterings on important stuff. Yeah. Like, that's really cool. And you can, like, the way you read it, you can almost, like, read it out loud, just like, and it would sound, yeah, it's you know a, what I mean. It's actually, saying? I haven't checked out the PDF like I said, but the the starter set was actually really well presented. It's got some nice art. It's yeah, I, I, really high quality page. page I just work. wanted to say that before we got into like the mechanics of it, I really liked the the textual layout of it. Having uh, having played a little bit, done some scrimmages and whatnot, I can say, uh, and I guess I'll just start us off with uh, first impressions. While I don't think the battle system is faster than previous editions of Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's going to be faster to pick up on. Um really? I think so. Because I don't think you can be much slower than fourth edition. Well yeah well Oh you can be way slower than fourth edition. <laughs> really? How? I mean you can't you can play like Star Trek. <laughs> oh I just mean no. in a D and D No I understand setting. what you're saying. It, I, yeah fourth edition at launch was extremely slow. Yeah it's like put the brakes on the game. I was comparing more to Third and second edition, which which is fair to do because this feels this like this is like a, a, a the the bastard child. Yeah, <laughs> even down to well, you get you get proficiencies now right. like second edition yeah. instead of powers or or feats. Even I was saying from day one with this when we started playing around with this playtest that I was pretty excited for what was going to come, uh, just from what I saw that they were doing. Now this is a long way away from what they were playtesting, but. It, it's. I could kind of. I kind of got the feeling I could that I was going to enjoy what they were doing. Yeah, I playtested this at Gen Con last year, and this is not, not anywhere close to what it was. Yeah. So, um, battles about average. You know, if you got a group of people versus a like sized or capable um, group of enemies, you're probably going to be looking at roughly five minutes per turn per person. Dang! Like, really? Well, I mean, 
Unless you're just, I hit my sword and smack somebody. When well, how many options do you have on your turn that's not just, I hit my sword on my turn? Well, you don't have a whole lot of options, particularly in the starter set that I was talking about. I mean, the options that you have are taking actions, what types of actions. Um, what what I can say is that for the, the DM, um, I, I love the advantage-disadvantage mechanic. It seems cool. It. it to to explain that it's if you have some sort of bonus if you have advantage in your roll you get to roll a two d twenty for whatever you're trying to do be it an attack roll or a skill check or an, just a straight ability check and you pick the highest one yeah if you have disadvantage if anything is penalizing you like if you're trying to sneak in in heavy armor you roll two d twenty and take the lowest now what's statistically that- speaking it very much normalizes dice. For advantage versus disadvantage to slightly higher than average and slightly lower than average on the... Realistically speaking, what it does is it eliminates the GM having to come up off the cuff with modifiers. A number modifier. Yeah. Um, Which is going to make it... Which, to me, makes the duties of the GM flow better. Because you don't have to start thinking about numbers. It's simple. You have advantage, you have disadvantage. I don't have to remind you that you have a negative 5 to your DC. You don't have to remember that you get a bonus plus 5 to your DC. I just hope the rules are a little more straightforward with when advantage and disadvantage comes into play as opposed to like, whatever the GM feels like it. No, like, did you, you didn't read through the starter set, like the part that's like, here's how you play D&D. Yeah, I read through that in the basic rules, which I'm sure is the same or more in depth. It was, it was okay. I mean, the, 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 the situation with that is it's going to be in the description of items, spells, weapons, uh, specific situations that gain, that give you advantage or disadvantage. Right. But because it's so specific, there's like not going to be a broad rule for some things that come up that don't have a rule for it. And when that happens and you're just like, oh, advantage, you know. You know like what? Like, um, are you talking about like, but don't you like it for that reason? Torchlight goes I, I, out? I, I do. I do like that. But, like, it could be... Okay, if I'm in a part playing in a game with you and that happens, you're going to get upset. I'll just roll a dice and say whatever. But I have players that I play with that'll be like, well, there's no rule for it, so, you know, like, what? Like uh, we got to find the rule for it. And I'm like, but there isn't one, so I'll just Seems give it Seems pretty advantage. simple yeah. to me. It, if at, something- at least this, if they threw out all together that I'm expected to know what the DC of something is, if they just threw out that you have to make up a modifier on the fly and you just tell me whether it's going to be advantage or disadvantage, I think I'd be a little more accepting. I, I, I know what you're saying. There are still DCs that. for stuff, though. I think the I think the problem I I think what you're going to wind up with is you're going to say this is advantageous or disadvantageous. You clearly can see that this specific situation is going to affect you adversely. Where there's room for argument is if you're attaching a number to it, where you can say, "Oh, you're going to take a negative three to your DC," or it's going to be a plus three to your DC. Almost anywhere in thing. rules, though, you can find that number most of the time. Well, now it doesn't matter. Now it's just advantage yeah, and disadvantage. Right. Well, there's also the problem of in any given circum in any given situation, there are a set of circumstances, some of which are advantageous, some of which are disadvantageous, which are persuasive, and to what degree. Right. They and that's going to have to be something that they talk about. What happens if you have multiple advantages and disadvantages? And if you have one of both, it's canceled out no, no matter how many advantages and disadvantages so you, you have. You just don't. So have like, an if, you, if there's like ten disadvantages on you, you have one advantage. It's normal. I get it. Yeah. J- yeah. Just like if you have if you have multiple advantages, it still doesn't really matter. You can only ever roll one extra die. Okay. Yeah. 
That's about. That's the only thing you get. Okay. So, so that's, I, that that makes it easier for guidance for the DM too. If I if yeah. I if I can if I can find a reason why you might have an advantage here, but I can also think of a reason why you might have a disadvantage. Just roll the damn dice. That's yeah. it. So that ends the argument. Yeah. Okay, hold, hold real quick. So just to be clear on that ruling, though. So it's like you're trying to sneak through this like hole or whatever like that, and your disadvantages are that the building is on fire. You're wearing heavy armor. There's people. Uh, you're trying to do it quickly, but you grease yourself up once. But I have an advantage to sneak. So yeah. So all that stuff doesn't matter. So now it's just a regular roll. Apparently so, and I agree that that's a problem. Like, that's just a little weird to me. Like it should at least be like. If one is greater than the other in any certain way, it should sway towards that side. It sounds like some of those shouldn't just be linked to advantage, disadvantage. They should, in fact, be a DC modifier. That's but, correct. Huh? You trying to sneak in your heavy armor... Is disadvantage, advantage. It's, it gives you disadvantage. That's part of the rules. And being in a fire, being in a building on fire, if you're trying to sneak that... that a- I could, that assumes I absolutely- that someone else is in the fire as well, they should have the same disadvantage, which means it's a nothing. I, I would absolutely be willing to say that, like, if you're up to, like, ten disadvantages in any given scenario, you're not pulling that off. I'm not like, willing to house rule anything yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not either. I'm just saying, like, that doesn't make any sense. And that's how it's written. I am rules. not scared of the advantage disadvantage. See, this is why I didn't look at the rules. Otherwise, I'd be saying exactly what yeah. you're saying. This well, is, I'm well, not scared other, of, of what I've seen so far at all. The other factor is, if it is if it is a well-it thing, it's probably the, the creature trying to perceive that has the advantage. Right, and you might have no. He doesn't well. mean that the building on fire means that it's well lit. He means that he just means that it's not stacking. As sneaky, you problem. may be burning yourself. Yeah, well, that's like, a different thing. That's not advantage, disadvantage at all. That's just damage. No, you don't like th- you don't. It's think harder to crawl through a small space yeah. when you're trying to avoid the fiery parts. See, now we're talking about whether you think it's a disadvantage or not. Yeah, and that's not is, a disadvantage if you're crawling through a small space with fire in it. You're either and you're take trying your best by proximity, or you're not. You're sneaking from the fire, through fire, through areas that are on fire, and you have to take like careful steps to not go through the parts that are. Well, on now fire. you've got an advantage to not be noticed because no one will expect you to run through the flames at them. <laughs> Except that you also have a disadvantage for doing it without screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the advantage disadvantage has nothing to do with the fire in this case. No, I think it absolutely. Does. Yes, it does. You guys are ridiculous. If I get burned, what? I will scream. That's a disadvantage to my sneak. That has nothing to do with with sneaking, though. That the your ability to sneak okay. has nothing to do with yeah. whether you get burned or not. Let me just explain. What it has like, to do is damage done to you. All right, fucks up your ability to sneak anyway. Now, just to make Seabass's point, the fact that we are having this conversation and people are on different sides of it. Means just this, means you guys are wrong. Means that this is a problem. <laughs> okay. That's all. Real quick, Dan. L- just let me. L- okay. It's a simple rule. It's, you know what? It's I not- got this. Is my show. You got disadvantage. No. Two d twenties. It's my house. I got an advantage. Slight. They offset. Get out. No. <laughs> it's, it's true. You're right. <laughs> He's right. Yeah. Rolling. But like, in just case, let me. Let, can I please uh, just make my uh, point? You're not going to be able to make your point because I think your point is stupid. How? <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't think that these Whoa, situations dude. match. I'm, I'm sorry. You can make your point, but you're not going to convince it's, me of it's, this. It's fine. We can move on. Well, here, I think right, we've talked right, about sneaking right. through fire l- enough. Here's Brian, how, what's the next thing you have a problem with? Here's how it would happen. That, um, I, I thought I had a fine point. Like, to avoid screaming, you'd make a constitution check. Different checks, correct. If you do scream... Then screaming is not my point at all. My point okay. is that was me. That was me. That yeah. Was me. Okay. 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 That was me. My point was that if you're trying to go from point A to point B, okay, and you're okay. trying to sneak, and it's normal 
it's normal. But if you're trying to go to point A to point B in a house, let's just say, but that house is also on fire at the same time, it's going to be more difficult to do that than if it was not on fire. Correct. Okay, so that's a disadvantage. Correct. To your sneak. Okay. Sure. That's all I'm saying. That's the entire point I was trying to make to this entire conversation was that if you're doing that, and you've also got like Cloak of Midnight, and that gives you an advantage to sneaking or something like that, some magic item or some bonus you have. But there's also guys pursuing you, so you have to do it fast. That's a second disadvantage on you, including that the house is on fire. What what does you having to hide fast have to do with anything? You have to move fast? Yes, because stealth has always been in, like okay. entwined you're, you're with slower. how fast you move. Yeah. yeah. And if you ever tried to move fast while stealthing, there's a negative. So and in this case, in this case it would be, be transport and transported into a disadvantage. So you're saying now add anything you want on that heavy armor, yes, uh, anything else like the anything. There's a scrying spell on you. As like, long it, as you have this cloak that gives you advantage, none of none that of that matters. Let's not even let's even leave out if it's fire that you have the problem with. It is just uh, in. That was my problem, is I don't think the fire factor is right, It's just check. mentally inconsistent to say that no matter how many things I have that might give me a disadvantage in any given scenario, all of them are wiped out by a single advantageous scenario. Yes. I can agree with that. Yeah. But you're getting caught up in the minutiae. Was the, the thing. We were. The problem is, that's exactly it. The problem with this is, I don't think it's the mechanic. I think it's with the people playing the game. <laughs> I don't think it, the problem is the mechanic. If, if a situation is advantageous or disadvantageous, then the individual situations have to be that way. You have to rule on specific situations with one advantageous or non-disadvantageous roll. Or that's all you get. You only get one. So stacking up all the modifiers. If you're, if now this game, you guys may have honestly, you know, Brian, I'm, I apologize because you may have just uncovered something that I didn't see because I don't have these people in mind. <laughs> Because now you literally have found something to argue about with just trying to sneak across the room in a, in a simple scenario with, what? to me, the easiest mechanics ever. So you're saying if you had applied numbers, then the numbers could have specific value that at the end you would have a result. You could do an equation and have a plus one or a minus one or whatever. Since there are, is none of that here, you either have advantage, disadvantage, or nothing. I think that in your game, you're never using the disadvantage or the advantage rule. I've got to tell you, Mac. I've got to tell you yep. that if you thought stealth was a simple thing, you did not see what happened to it in fourth edition. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, God, it was I hear the most saying. contentious. Or in three point five and Pathfinder, it's like got a million. But, and actually, in the opposite direction, stealth was, if I'm correct, next to impossible to the, use. The problem yeah. was that yeah. they were trying to level. They were trying to in fourth edition make everything. So balanced that, well, the problem with fourth edition stealth is they just didn't consider the possibilities for it, and there in, were just gaps in the rules, and in doing so, just castrated the rogue. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, what do you guys think of oh class, God. classes? In I this feel like this is like ten well, episodes worth of stuff because, <laughs> like, I could literally argue about a lot of this stuff. Like, it's not even argument; it's just trying to make a like. My side of view to it is like, yeah. uh, after reading the, 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 the initial, like, basic rules, I looked at the rogue and went, well, this guy seems a lot weaker than the other three. Yeah, well, well hold like, on. To go for one last thing. Okay. I would say if, if you have a situation where you have a bunch of advantages or a bunch of disadvantages and only a handful of the opposite, 
that that could easily be your first house rule for this edition. Right, I completely just, agree. You with just that. do that yeah. simple math you're like, and figure out which, you're like, which one you come out with. <laughs> yeah, the DM if, just needs to go. Uh, you have an advantage. Like they just well, need to think of okay, blah, blah 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 blah. Except that they have specifically written in these rules the when you get yes, exactly. Yeah. So you have the house rule has to be like step one, ignore that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> step one, ignore that. Step two, if there's more disadvantages than our disadvantages, it's a disadvantage. Also, as that's a show it, for DMs, do do not ever list out what you are considering when you decide whether they have advantage no, or disadvantage, and entertain no conversation about when they start going. Yeah, but I have this and this, or what if okay. I try it like this? Do not go through that. Just well, say advantage or disadvantage. You have just stumbled into my game now. Right? No, I know. we're yeah. not bickering about whether this is going to work or it, not. I, it, I'm just telling you, you got advantage. If you don't wag the treat in front of my face, yeah. I'm not going to try to bite. But your I don't hands. like that like, either because if somebody is going to explain to me why they think they have advantage and it increases their role play experience, then I'm going to entertain that factor. Like I'm going to entertain what that person's saying. What if so? Then play Savage. You disagree World, with me once PCs I start get the, making my get case. The, I'm sorry. What if you? What if I start as a player start making my case to you, the DM? Yeah. As you are want to entertain, and you disagree with me. Well, the problem aren't is, we now in an argument? Yes. The problem is no one, no one wants to listen to your whole case, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're doing a pretty good job right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just think that that whole argument process is a little is is exactly what Dan would like to avoid, even yeah, if he was. I, I agree. I I hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree that you you're trying to avoid that, but if you're going to play the game and read the rules and play by the rules, there's no avoiding that. You, you damn right. Yeah. And Brian, you're you're you're, you're speaking. You're preaching to the choir. I know. I know. <laughs> Dude, I know. I know. As someone who has started two fights in the first two organized events I've played at in Star Trek, <laughs> I'm all about playing games rules as wi- rules as written until you uh, know how your your group is going to react. And then can make educated house rules. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that you should try playing the game with house rules before ever playing the game rules as written. I, I well, mean, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. So you think see, people uh, would agree with this enough to just go, okay, the Carpe GM guys says yeah. the first thing we have to do here is. I don't know. Because in all honesty, I would have no problem le- releasing a, car- a Carpe GM annotated version of Pathfinder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know? I mean, today we literally didn't Ultimate play campaign, D campaign. We should rewrite that book. Yeah, we <laughs> literally didn't play D&D today because we had to rewrite the there Kingdom was- section because... They didn't want because the rules aren't written for small scale math. So, math down, down yeah. from, from from top down, math down, and from bottom up, math up. Like how, how many sorts of decisions are we going to have to make and, and building it up? Get the, 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 the Carpe GM annotated <laughs> Ultimate Campaign Guide is going to be longer than Ultimate Campaign. Yes, it will. All that by said, a long shot. As a matter of fact, all that said, I think uh, because of. What's the most diplomatic way to say this? Because of uh, Power Gamers, I think all of a sudden the writing of the module became really hard. Just in this one instance with the advantage-disadvantage. If you're going to list them in the rule book, and there are going to be situations in the module that are going to call into advantage, call into case advantage-disadvantage, you're going to have to list all the situations. Well, and I mean, that's a fault of design. In order to simplify something, they got rid of what? They got rid of skills. They got rid of uh, I mean, skills see, this is what I like these kind it. of modifiers. And they, and they turned it all into a single dice mechanic. Like, yes. that's going to be, you're going to get some loss. It's when an you abstraction. Do that, you know? It's yeah. an abstraction in, in all of the numbers that you used to have to assign for flanking, higher ground, um, 
the buildings on fire, line of sight terrain, line of sight cover. All of those things, well, actually, cover actually has it. Cover, there. line of sight are all in there. Yeah, but terrain they, is too. Cover's not advantage. Cover is uh, plus and minus to defuse. Yeah, cover is actually a modifier. Yeah, remember this is which is weird. Like they might get thing. rid of cover and well, line of sight. That's what I got in the starter set. They're oh, giving yeah, you yeah. the rules for cover. Yeah. But they broke it down to two two specific tiers, which are... Concealment and cover? Which well, are it's three 50%. tiers. There's three tiers. Well, yeah. yeah. I was just saying for the modifiers. There's True. only negative two, negative five, and unhittable. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Uh, so anyway, we got we got really bogged down on that one. How about <laughs> um, classes? Well, that's what we wanted. Yeah, <laughs> classes. How does everybody feel about classes? I mean, like I say, yeah, there's going to be... This is probably going to be a multi-part thing. I mean, obviously, classes for D&D have always been, um, for me, restrictive. For other people, uh, engaging. And for some people... Um, we were talking about cla- classless D&D where every class feature was on a point-by system. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and you were like, just play GURPS Fantasy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, play GURPS Fantasy. So, basically, uh, what I can tell from classes are wizards rule, you drool. Like, oh, yeah? Wizards are super strong. Like I was hearing a lot of contentiousness about the rogue versus fighter argument. Like, Well, yeah. Just was, just first off, rogue or fighter, Lucas? I, I was incorrect. I wasn't taking in the fighter's uh, ability search action into account when I was doing the the look-through. Which does what? I have no idea what you're talking Gives about. Gives you another attack, basically. Yeah. Fighters, okay. fighters basically get all the random 4th edition stuff yeah. that makes fighters... Uh, they get at, they get their action surge, where they get to take an extra action in, in combat once every short rest. Okay. Uh, and then they get healing surges, where they can just heal themselves in the middle of battle. And they also just get extra attacks as well. Yeah, starting at level so, 5. So when they took away all the regular 4th ed things from all the classes, they realized that Fighter is just a guy who swings a sword and has feats, and then they took away feats, and now yes. it's just a guy who swings a sword. <laughs> That's exactly. So they put all the 4th ed stuff back in. Right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fighter, fighter is like a 4th edition fighter with, with just one power. Yes. Uh, which hit, is it, hit it with Swing sword. sword. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so it's like an essentials fighter. <laughs> yeah, yes. but, but what, what the fighter is able to do is dual wield and then take extra actions during his turn so he can get four attacks starting at level five. Uh, I don't know if that's true because I don't sure? know if a bonus action will allow, or the, the bonus action that will allow you to get the extra attack for your action surge will allow you to use an additional bonus action to make a second attack with your offhand weapon. I could we, see I could see what you're talking about. That's going to be in the like. I'm really super, sorry. I missed what you said. We can check that right now, actually. Uh, what? So essentially, you get action surge to be able to make an additional standard. A- it's not called standard action. It's called action or whatever. And if you're dual wielding, you can expend your bonus action to make a second attack with an offhand weapon. And if you're a fighter, you get to add with the two hand weapon like ability. You get to add in your strength mod to your offhand weapon. But you have an ability that gives you a second attack or use an action to get another attack. Does that also allow you to spend an additional bonus action to swing with your second weapon? And the answer is yes. It's You get the extra attack whenever you use the attack action. Okay. So you'll get... So when you use the action that gives you an additional attack action, it also gives you an additional bonus action. Yeah. There's a lot of layering um, in the rules. But to be completely honest... Um, they lay a good foundation with the starter set. They lay a good foundation. I could sit here and run through these first five levels very effectively, m- missing some some fiddly bits, obviously. But they give you a good base of how the game is played, 
And I, th- I think anyone who's interested should probably check out the starter set. Could you run that whole thing without laying eyes on that the PDF? I could run this right now, yeah. and I have I actually have ran battles in okay. with the starter set, and I have not looked at the rules document yeah. yet. I everything that I heard when I was running, you know, I've been around you guys, and you've been mm-hmm. talking about it. Yeah, everything that I've heard, and maybe it's just because I have like my third statistics class this summer right now, um, has all seemed like it's very like tuned. You know what I'm saying? You asked me for my one word impression, I think, and I was like, balanced was what I was hearing. And I'm not sure that it is, and it sounds like there's some pretty obvious mechanical problems with the way that it's been done, but the whole advantage-disadvantage system, the, the, the way... When I was originally hearing about fighters versus versus rogues, it was like one of them is the advantage to a fighter was that they're rolling multiple attacks and doing all this damage. Except that if they're not hitting on their attacks, and it has to be split up over multiple confirmed hits, you know, like a rogue does a bunch of damage by only hitting you once, and it's a bunch of sneak attack damage. But that's also where the fighter. That's where again, if the fighter's hitting or not hitting, becomes easier when you put yourself in a better strategic position to give you advantage with every one of those hits. My point isn't about anything to do with advantage or disadvantage. My point is just that all those effects normalize dice. Yeah. If the rogue hits, he'll do a whole bunch of damage. If the fighter hits with all of his attacks, which on average he won't, he'll do more damage than the rogue, but on average he won't. On average he'll deal about the same amount, except for the whole ability mod and the way it adds in. Well, like ACs are a lot lower in this. This like, is what it's oh, so easier, you're very much more likely it's, to hit. It's more, it's much more like, it, it seems a lot like they made it to be like, if you roll above a 10, you're hidden. Like basically. Like, My initial reaction with this is that this now fills the niche. If you want cinematics, you're going for Savage Worlds as a system because it's the, it's a really good system for cinematics and, and for cinematic play. Over the top, constant over the top movie scene type stuff. If you want Good realism, guys, bad guys and explosions. Yeah. If you want realism, you're going for GURPS or champions or a hero, that type of situation. This, um, this new version of, of Dungeons and Dragons swings wildly from large scale failures to large scale success based on the advantage disadvantage system. Because you now have to roll two d20s. And you have to choose, you have to take the higher number or the lesser number. So it's going to swing pretty hardcore unless you are putting yourself in strategically advantageous situations. It's going to swing pretty hard from from good to bad. When I talk about normalizing dice, I don't mean that your D20 will always be an average roll across everything that you either have an advantage or disadvantage. No. What I mean to say is, if you have an advantage, you're going to succeed. If you have a disadvantage, you are going to fail. It normalizes, it takes the D20 and almost rationalizes it out. Well, the... the Which the is only problem, kind of true, but it's statistically true. That's... It makes it... It's all about the feeling of this version of Dungeons and Dragons for me, it's all about the feeling and the way I think it feels as opposed to like fourth edition where fourth as, edition as a contrast to fourth edition, this is almost a guaranteed seller and like, yeah, just cause it's not that. Yeah. And even <laughs> the, the 3.5 stuff, the pathfinder stuff harnessed an energy that, that wasn't there. It fixed some problems. It changed a couple of mechanics it harnessed an energy that was lost in Dungeons and Dragons. Pathfinder to me is just very much 3.5 with a lot of the badly written rules things. corrected. Yeah. Right. A lot. Uh, yeah. The thing with, like, and again, like, if you talk about, like, just because we're talking about Pathfinder, 
to most of us, that is what D&D has always been. So when we think about Dungeons & Dragons, it's 3.5 slash Pathfinder. That's true. I've never played with the Thaco. I've never played with... Right. And we play, we've all delved into other systems. We played a little 4th edition. We've played... I've played a little bit of everything, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, when we think about what sitting down and playing D&D is, it's 3.5 Pathfinder. And so, like, it's really hard not to compare it, like, something new like this to that, especially when it's trying really hard to be that. And... It's not that it's something new, but it, it's it, it's trying. It's something new, but see, here's this. This is where this is where our perspectives differ because I look at this and I see that it has actually reached all the way back to first and second edition stuff and pulled some stuff forward. Sure, feel yeah, like absolutely. Parts of it are trying to be that. Having having read some first and second edition books, this feels like they took. It's like it's like second edition Mostly and fourth edition, almost skipping third entirely. I see a lot of third in this, just like the way that like you level. I mean, look, look at a leveling block that looks like a the stat blocks. The that looks like blocks, a the, Pathfinder the DC thing. concept was. I mean, yeah, that was the, a third edition a, a, rolling a, against a, AC and DCR. Well, they, you had DCs going back to first edition, but um, they were they were a little different. They were negative energies and. Well, AC, AC was. I'm right. not sure if saving throws were. I don't remember. I mean, this is saving way more. Were just even the way like combat works and stuff is way more like That's third than it is fourth and second. That's true. Like this is this is like the skeleton of a third edition setting with like uh, the taking meat from some other systems yeah. hanging on it. And even when they were making this game, I read a couple, saw a couple interviews and stuff like that, and they're like, "We know you like 3.5." And like we're gonna give you what you like, what, but we're also gonna make sure. This. But I, the reason I started the way I started this uh, thing was that about the way it feels. This to me feels better than any uh, just playing with the starter rules, just a little scrimmage, not any structure to it. Just a matter of I threw the mat down, we sat down, we rolled some dice, we played out a couple of battles with the rules that were presented in this book. It felt really good. I it think it's a really, really cool system. Good. It felt fun. Like I said, it it's felt like a little the condom faster. Off. It felt a little faster, but I don't think the battles were actually any faster. I think the battles were still gonna be. You're still gonna spend a night in a big ba- in a large scale battle. Hmm. You know, and that's one of the people. That's one of the things some people really like about Dungeons and Dragons, and some one of the things some people really hate about Dungeons and Dragons is that the battles take a session okay. if you've got a larger. Scale I will battle. say. Of overall, of all the editions, this one is the least different from adi- different editions. This one is... Yeah, I don't think this it is somebody, alienates anyone. No, this is like somebody's homebrew of, hey, I like these editions of D&D. This is how we're going to do it in my yeah. house. This, is like, this and, is like D&D Ultimate. Yeah. This yeah. Is, that's yes. what I said to Mac, our first conversation yeah. about this, was this Nothing feels, is different. This feels a lot like my homebrew second edition right. spinoff. Yeah, and that's, when we sit down to play, as, as far as it being as far as it being between second and third edition, the reason I was saying second edition is because the biggest thing I'd probably say about third edition character creation wise is skills and feats are, are gone, except yeah. for as optional things. Yeah, we're back to I mean skills are skills not are gone. sort of there, but they're proficiency bonuses based on the same pip system that I mean, you have. So no skill else. ranks, no skill modifiers. Yeah, it's know. more like fourth edition, but skills yeah. are still there. And if you take away feats, you still get to choose which like essentially instead of choosing feats, you're choosing what archetype of your class you are and what your background is, because that's going to give you your character build What's instead background? of feats. Background is like, are you a folk hero, you're a criminal, or are you this? And that actually yeah. did gives you stats and bonuses and yeah. like stuff. Gives you you as well. to start ba- background is so your background is your level zero that you pick, basically. It's where did you come from? It's what, where did you go? Yeah, it's 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 
a core part of character creation now. You Hot pick your background, you. and they really want you to pick like your goals and some yeah. some traits. They they want that to be built in. They really stressed that concept in character mm-hmm. creation more so than previous editions, where it was like a little paragraph blur background. Right. You mean? Uh, the traits and everything else. Oh, okay. The backgrounds are like... Traits were always an optional... Yes. Yeah, yeah. but they were a footnote. They were... And intended to be plus two to this skill. Uh, like. Well, those were the backgrounds of 4th edition, where it was, you're from here, and you're good at sailing. I remember I remember traits being the same way in 3.5. Uh, am I, you am you I could be right. It's, yeah. it's been so long. <laughs> but... They place you socially within the world, and this book in general is great at placing your character socially in in the world. Absolutely, it definitely yeah. has more uh, interpersonal rea- reaction or interpersonal situations built into character creation than any system before. Right. It. I think it has a much more like a oh, this is how am I supposed to act? A lot better than like oh, here's your alignment. It has like a, oh, this is who cool. I am. This is what I'm from. This is what I'm supposed to do. Oh, look, you've all come together. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, it's up to you. Yeah. What do Steve, you what do you think? Yeah, after hearing all of this, what do you think, Steve? Uh, this is like dramatic difference from what I, <laughs> what I was familiar <laughs> with, but I'm definitely going to have to read all this stuff. Steve so. seems taken aback. Yeah, he hasn't had... I know we've kind of... It's honestly like... Like four cats into a bag and... The culture shock here. Yeah, the, uh, yeah you got me to yell at you. The first I initial know. play test... The first, like, old bad playtest is the only thing I've, like, really seen of it. Hey, get out of that. And when it, when I first got it, I was like, all it really was was, this is how you make a character. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. well, I guess this looks kind of cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I read it and I was like, well, I'm done with that. Yeah, just like, put oh, it away and got, didn't got worry about stats, it. At all. Got, yeah. uh, got some, when got I played some the playtest, I felt like I was a blank character and they just wrote barbarian and crayon on it and they were like you're a barbarian that's basically what it was like when i was yeah. reading it and i was like oh great i pu- i played with the first couple of play <laughs> barbarian i mean it was really just like first they edition yeah i played with the first couple of play tests and decided i wasn't like i got the rest of them but i didn't actually try it's weird play. how they were just like gonna be like yeah we're gonna make the community completely involved in the making of they all this actually did. And, blah, actually, blah, blah. and then like they came out with the first and it's like this is should just be called dungeons because we forgot the dragons part. You there know, like, were like, I'm gonna go segments. lock myself in a room and never talk to anybody until I finish this. Yeah. There were entire <laughs> segments of the forums and stuff that were built around the playtest. It was actually really cool. Oh, I'm sure if it. you like paid you really, be- really close attention to it, you got to see some of this stuff getting put together. Yeah. But you had like, to be in. You had to be in. Yeah. Well, it's, when, it's, a, it's a beta. You're either playing like a shitty half-done game or you're actually involved in seeing the development right. point by well, point. Well, I gotta tell you, though, if I was putting my money where my mouth is on involving the community for two free comic book days, you know, over the last year or two, I would have been printing out a thing and handing it out going, this is what we've been thinking on the new edition. Why don't you grab on our, hop on our forums and tell us what you think or something. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, I'm gonna have to come Put to something back. in somebody's hand. I'm gonna don't have to come don't to only the... take volunteers because uh, all volunteer playtest stuff that I've seen from a lot of games lately has been really bad. Volunteer playtests are thought... always fanboys. They're nobody who thinks about something technically or critically or would be inclined to be displeased with something and work on it to fix it. Yeah. Here's the deal. I wasn't actually involved in the back and forth with designers and whatnot for the playtest. And I'm amazed because you're like fanboy extraordinary. I'm going to have to come to the defense of both the fanboys and the designers in this. And it was really pretty well done for a playtest. My point is... For as long as it went on, there was a lot of involvement on both sides of the coin. 
you know, there were there, there the podcast their podcast was going on about it. I mean, they actually were. I just don't think you were interested. Oh, I don't mean enough. me. I, I'm saying I don't think you personally were interested enough to actually seek that stuff out. Oh, I watched a a Twitch stream of like a, a, a who's the guy who wrote this. The main guy who wrote this and like <laughs> the lead designer is Mike Merles. <laughs> Who's that guy who wrote this? Mike, uh, that, I'm pretty sure it was that guy and some other guy were just like telling everybody what they had, you know, ready to go. And this was probably like two months ago. And they were like, what we have and like what the release schedule is going to be and stuff like that. And just the Twitch chat was like the flaming. I've, n- I've never seen somebody hate on something so bad. Yeah. Like just uh-huh. like. Oh, I've already heard the like, the rampant like hate talk about the new edition. Yeah. Completely baseless. I heard the most asinine complaint about about fifth edition so far, based on what's out so far, and it's that he feels this anonymous person. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm sure this complaint will will come up again. Is that he feels like there's not enough customization options for his character, and that there won't be as the system progresses. Which is ridiculous because if there's it's not that's someone who misses feats, basically, yeah, that that was that was their main complaint. Which feats do appear to I be don't an option. I think that's a rule. crazy complaint, though. But it's the same complaint you have in every edition because the rules aren't there yet. It's the same complaint. Oh, you have yeah. in Every system besides GURPS and champions. Yeah. yeah. Those are the only two systems where you have infinitely. Well, actually, champions. We have infinitely optional, infinite options on how to customize your character. Savage Worlds, two Savage Worlds characters. Two Savage Worlds rogues, if you're playing in a fantasy game, they are identical. Yeah. There is mechanically no difference between those two character classes. And I don't care what you say. I don't care how you wrap up your rogue, what what types of... Whether you're throwing stuff or yeah, yeah, Or how you do it, yeah. you're mechanically exactly the same. Mm. Every single time. But that's not this system. Yeah. With the uh, This system is something completely different. And I think, after coming off of 4th edition, which... To me, was... That was zero customization. <laughs> Again, <sighs> false, except for at launch. I, I th- When 4th edition came out, it's the first, first edition of Dungeons & Dragons to have the rules bloat built into the first book. Yeah, where your they... characters walk in the door as yeah. complete badasses. Yeah. 4th for- edition was like, I... Okay, for, this is what 4th edition was always like for me. It's like, I'm making a rogue. Okay, I made this, I made that one rogue I can make. Now let's make the second one. There's three rogues I can make here in the book. I can make this one. Oh, done with the campaign. Time to move on to the next make build of rogue I can make. You know, that I everyone thought, else is going to try. I thought that that was more true. Like, I thought that, that was true when you're saying it now, but I think it was because I was power gaming because I played 4th edition later on. And saw people doing exactly not what I would have done with you, some of the characters. You now, can do all kinds of stuff. This is important yeah. for me to point out. I do not, I've been keeping my mouth shut about fourth ed, but I had none of the experience that, that you guys do with fourth ed. I didn't think fourth ed was particularly slow unless you were, unless you were retarded. I didn't think that fourth ed didn't have a lot of options unless you were retarded. I didn't. I, I, I didn't think that there were, I did kind of think that there were best builds on some of the classes. The main negative thing that I thought was that it was very obvious, like if you are this class, you take this race. And that was a huge yep. problem, but like. Yeah. That was the problem. It wasn't limited. That's going to on... happen in Fifth Ed too, where it's like, look at the paper. This is going to be the best thing. All rogues are happening. That's, yes. that kind of thing. that's yeah. been yeah. how D&D's almost always been. Even in Pathfinder, you have the same things. If you, if you are a fighter, 
it's well, helpful I, to be a dwarf. I'll, I'll go as far human. as to say that that monks are a weaker class than some of the others because there is no dex whiz class uh, or, or or species like that. Sucks. There, in the mo- okay. normal book, there's an advanced race. Yeah, the, the, true. The thing which is, I was told was bad. <laughs> when you go when you go back to this game's roots, the halfling was a fucking rogue. Like, or maybe a priest. I mean, like, the dwarf was a that, class. The, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right, when you right, go all, yeah. when you rip it all the way back to these roots, these things are constants in, and the reason that those, those were, those properties were set in stone when you first started off is because that's how the art depicted it. It's cause, it's that's, cause that's how Tolkien wrote it. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, that's yeah. how, that's how the stuff so that it was based upon created these situations. You didn't get the raging halfling barbarian until 3.5 and Pathfinder. This yeah, is a new construct. But, well, yeah, well, damn it. Can we walk away from that? No. <laughs> no, that's it's fine. Cool, no, that's the thing where it's like, there's nothing wrong in second with edition, it. people are like, uh, uh, I want to do this thing. And yeah, they're like, well, okay, you're just uh, the same thing, but you can do that. You know, but in 3.5, it's like, whatever you think of, there's, there's a, there's thing, a thing for yeah. it. Like, you're going to be able to do that. And that's what people, some, me, like about it. So, which is fit then? Just a homebrew where you're going to be able to do <laughs> some of the cool stuff. Yeah. But you won't know I until think, supplements come out. Yeah, that's okay. true. Which is part of the part yeah. of the point about the lack of character customization options. First of all, it's the basic rule set. You there's only one build the for yes. any class. Yes, I don't exactly. think there's a single. Besides, like, besides like luck feats, traits, or backgrounds, in what other system of D and D have they actually come out with an entire another aspect of character creation other than just expanding the options for an existing one ever? Wait, I'm sorry. It's never happened. What, explain your question again. I don't okay. understand it. You guys are saying that like there's going to be new options for customer care, for for character customization when supplements to the player's handbook comes out is generally the premise. It's just going to be modified versions of stuff that's already in the game. That's yes. what I'm saying. Yes, it's just going to be more options for the same system. But, but I think some people have a problem with the system. I mean, his problem. Oh, okay. This okay. anonymous person was the lack of feats, which I don't know if he realized or not that there will be feats. The way feats are are going to work based on these basic rules, what it says in there is whenever you have a chance to increase your ability score, instead of doing that, you can choose to take a feat instead. Okay. We have no idea what feats do. Yeah, we yeah. haven't seen yeah. that stuff. Based yet. on that, feats will options, be powerful. Alternative options to me are anti customizability. When you make me trade off one thing to give me this this other when you make me trade off uh, uh progress in one dimension in order to accomplish progress in another dimension, that's that they are now the same dimension and it's not actually a different level of But if well, your choice is to raise this by one or choose from any of these twenty situations, that's customization. Kind of but, or you could just take this one and then next time Choose from these twenty. Now you're one of these twenty with a nineteen decks. It's not of something. Else. It also gives you a much higher degree of specialization because you'll have feats to do a specific thing that you want to accomplish. I that, understand that, that. Plus one strength. And also, once you hit an ability cap where you can't go above twenty. Oh, abilities are capped gonna, at twenty. You can't. You're gonna have to be able to use the points somehow. You do might you get well. more of these than you would have in previous versions? Not unless you're a fighter. Yeah. Fighters get more ability scores more quickly. Yes. H- holy fighter. Yeah, fight- that's why I was saying fighter was better than rogue. Fighters are good. The I mean, rogues still do higher damage with every time they hit. But they get- and, and as much as I've heard about fighter here, you're still saying wizards the best class. Oh, wizards way. God, better I got to read guys. how magic works. Ro- magic is uh in the starter, it's Vancean. It's fire and forget. Ma- magic is sort of well. I, I don't know. I haven't read the. To be honest with you, I haven't read the wizard uh, pre-gen character from the starter set. 
in the spells in are insane. this rule wizards get a built-in ability at i think level it's either level two or level four trip well they get cantrips but they also get a, a recharge ability where every day when they rest during a short rest they get to get back half of their wizard level in spell levels yep. so if they're a level six wizard they take a short rest, they get back three levels worth of spells. So yeah. it could be three magic missiles, or it could be one fireball. And That's the, other, the other thing is that you can take a magic missile, even though it's a first level spell, you can put it in a third level slot. And give it and give it 2d extra four. Two, two extra dice. And uh, components? Verbal somatic. It's fancy. And verbal it's, somatic it's, material. It's three point five Pathfinder rules. So basically, everyone's going. Those to are ignore all bad it. rules. We need it's, to get away from. Yeah, them. they're gonna. It's gonna be ignored. Those are situations. Yeah, yeah. Those are if you can't speak, you can't cast. If you no, can't I, move your I, hands, you can't cast. The only if, ones if that naked, are gonna be there that are gonna be at all used are the ones that cost money to do it and just yeah, okay. erase that much yeah. GP from your goal. You're and like, and oh, component components are almost always abstract until they're the hundred and fifty yeah. gold component. Right. 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 Yeah. Um. The other thing wizards and and clerics get is they can cast concentration spells, oh, where yeah. you cast a spell as a standard action. Typically, I think some of them might be longer than you. And can it hold just it. continues as long as you yeah. and you hold it as long as you don't cast another concentration spell, or you, you can, have to take a check if you take damage to maintain it. But you can just keep you. You, you can, can like basically web. cast like Mordekind and sword. So, that's so, just attacking shit, and yeah. then you can start blowing shit up, can, and then it's attacking shit. You can still cast magic missile on top of that. I really like the idea that I'm ray frosting out of this hand while trying to conjure something with my other <laughs> yeah. hand. Yeah, oh yeah. Each, yeah, that's it. Each concentration spell still has a time limit associated with it, so you can't just do it indefinitely, but Yeah, it lasts as long as it lasts. No, most of them are minutes. So it's like <laughs> oh. the whole the whole okay. fight. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And well, then, that makes slightly more sense too, especially if they're non-combat spells. Like, but not, you know, a like a lot, summon, not a whole lot of those in this book. A summon spell should probably be <laughs> No summon uh, spells. There, there just aren't any. Zero. The other side of that oh, coin is yeah. if you back up all Monkey, the way back, no. all the way back to the beginning of our conversation on advantage disadvantage, is while you're concentrating, you now potentially, if a guy happens to come up behind you, you now have a better chance to be hit by him. To be hit by him? Why don't you just have a disadvantage on your concentration check when you take the damage from him? Because he's flanking you. You There's have the advantage. If you he's, take any damage, he's flanking you, flanking whatever, <laughs> See, not a rule. Flanking, yeah. Flank, flanking, <laughs> not a rule. No, it's not. Yeah, flanking, we check. There's flanking, no such thing as flanking. If you have two people on one guy, he just no. means he just means the literal word you don't flanking. Get advantage but there's on no them. special advantage for it. Yeah, they don't specify. They actually don't specify any position advantage like, except for maybe terrain. Which I this was a conversation earlier today. We were and we were like, completely mistaken. You can completely. Yeah. What, what, what a conversation that was happening at our D and D session earlier today was some of the other players involved were saying, "Yeah, we've been looking at it pretty hard, and you can just run around. Someone you can just else walk around, and people. you never take an attack of opportunity. You only um, take attacks uh, of opportunity. That's a specific type of movement you have to do there, though. No, no, that's no. well, that's the disengage action. You yeah. can take an action during your turn where you don't provoke any attacks of opportunity whatsoever." But instead of attacking, that's what you do that round. You just run through the battlefield doing whatever. And that would you the only reason you would provoke an attack of opportunity is if you actually stepped away from someone. Yeah. yeah you right? can actually just walk around a guy in circles. Yeah. They said the halfling can even walk through their square. Yeah. And they won't take an attack of opportunity. Right. Correct. 
Um, Normally, if you moved at all when you were fighting a guy, you got whacked. Yeah, yeah th- but that's your action. You're disengaging. Yeah. No. No, you don't no. have to take yeah, a yeah, disengage yeah. action unless you you're walking only, away from them. You only take attacks of opportunity in this edition when you leave someone's reach. Not when you leave a square of their reach. When just you when you leave, leave their, air, air, their whole area. reach. So if their threatened area is all the way around them, and you move into a square that's also part of their threatened area, no attack of opportunity. Now that may change later. It may not. I think it is intentional. I think the high degree of mobility you have on the battlefield is because they want you to be. They they don't want to write these such that you feel the need for minis. Or yeah. Or also, it yeah, may, you don't necessarily need them. Uh, it makes I, squares really. You nuanced. don't need. There's like, almost no reason for many. Very well, careful positioning and formations and crap like that come up when you can be flanked and crap like that. Like yeah, and should always be four players should always be fighting in a diamond. Yeah, so like, even if like, like five people are yeah. fighting one dude, no bonuses to the attackers. Well, they talk about. Um, it, it says you only if you're moving attack of opportunity when moving out of their reach. If you run around them and remain in their reach the entire time, you can time, just run in a circle around and never provoke. You never have to take the disengage action. I don't understand. Okay, so if you have a guy here and you're here on your turn, you can move all the way around and run around in circles. Are you in his reach here? Yeah. Yep. And you are in the next place, and the next, the next place, place, and the, the next place, place. But you're not disengaging. Place. Nope. Yeah, no. that, that's, correct. And you only you only take an AOO if you go here. Yep. But you also you only take yeah, but you also don't get. Flanking bonuses around. So there's no reason. But there is yeah. no sen- Yeah, there's no reason because there's no flanking. Except the only reason, the only thing they're they're saying about this is that it used to be that if you if if they had reach, if you were within their reach and in a square, and you left that square, regardless of whether you stayed in their reach or left you get whacked, reach, you got whacked. Right. So, but the other thing it can do is be like, okay, if there's a bad guy here and my dudes here. If I move here, this guy's going to have to move here to attack me next turn, which then he's going to leave my friend's space yeah. and then get whacked. And get whacked. Yeah. 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 It's You can play a whole lot of, I'm not taking attacks for opportunity, but they are. Yeah. yeah. All that all that really matters now is if you are engaged or not. If you are engaged or disengaged right. from, from melee contact. But it's, it's all optional, though. Like, can you choose in... Uh, other editions, the attack of opportunity, it was always like you provoke it, but you don't necessarily have to do it. You don't have to take it because you only get one reaction per right. round. So right. if you use your reaction to, to attack oh, okay. opportunity somebody, then you can't use it for something else. Okay. In fourth edition, attacks got ridiculous. Well, attacks opportunity got ridiculous because you got one yeah. for every do not take one creature's yeah. action. Right. Yeah. So everything that was in your your sort of sphere of influence. Each time one of them left, you got to take an attack. So you could get up to like nine attacks. Except that it was always a basic attack, so its damage sucked. Unless you were the fighter that had that, like, Uh, that had that. Oh, yeah, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was. (laughs) So you can bet. (laughs) So if you take, so since it's like action points now, if it's not my turn and a. It's not points or anything. It's, it's a reaction. It's still actions exactly oh, it like it was. In- oh, okay. It, instead of a switch action, you sort get like a reaction of. action, but some of them do get points, like, like to spend, or like a, a pool of action points. Like so, what you're saying about a fighter is that they just have a kai pool and can spend it to make an additional attack. Yes, that's exactly yeah. like a monk in in 3.5 or yes. Pathfinder. Yes, yeah, yeah. and, and, and I do. Not I do want to clarify. Actions are. A bit different in this edition. There. You've got, instead of movement, standard, minor, 
There is no such thing as a movement action. It's just yeah. called movement. You just yeah. have your movement. I, I get that they took standard off of action and took action off of movement yeah. in order to sure. But, differentiate. But, but movement is more nuanced in that they have now, instead of it being house ruled or sort of fudged, they've built in the ability to open a door during your movement, the ability to draw your weapon draw during your, your weapon. movement. There's no such thing as quick draw anymore or anything like they, that. Okay. They have yeah. it written in that yeah. you get to take a... You basically get to take your minor in the middle of your movement action. Yes. Do they continue to have the swift, free, and immediate? No. They haven't touched on it yet. Not that Those I've seen. The other thing that later. you can do Bonus that's crazy that involves it is that you can move, attack, and then move. Everyone has spring attack at level one. But the only one it matters okay, for right now is the fighter. Because what? the fighter is the only one with more than one attack. Uh, except well, for, no, so it, except for two-handed, two-handed fighting, no, it okay. easily matters for everyone because being able to move after making an attack I, is can put you anywhere on the battlefield. Like, I was looking, yeah, at but that's I just a matter earlier. of being able to take it in either order. I was looking at what I saw earlier, and what I was seeing was unseen. Sure it does. Um, if you're unseen or unheard, you get advantage in your attack, and the that's what I was referencing earlier. But upon looking at the rules that I was looking at, it was. In the context of like invisibility or hiding in shadows, yeah, it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's like how to trigger surprise around slightly different things. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, it, if you move up to something, kill it, then walk away. Its buddy who is behind it is now that many squares further away from yeah. you, rather than it, true, it absolutely true. Matters. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you can still hop in and out. You can yeah. engage yeah. with. Multiple There's no way it doesn't matter. Like, and, and, but it's fine. They've, that's just the expectation of combat is that people can move and attack or basically around the, in, in, the, in the same round. That actually makes more sense <laughs> makes, than the idea that you can. It only makes do, me think like, like they're trying to make combat look like a Lord of the Rings fight. Well, what I was yeah, going to say is I've like, always imagined I, that I kind of feel like yeah. it, it's it's swashbuckling now. Yeah, I've always like, imagined that it yeah. was like. Do, do you remember the practice fights in Gladiator where they're yeah. like ting 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 yeah. backing each other up and then backing each other forward? That's <clears> always how I was basically able to justify a five foot square and that you're occupying the whole thing and that it was lasting as long as it was, but it was just that most of it you were just like kind of dueling. Like, yeah. All adding more of that sort of movement and multiple swings into combat yeah. makes more sense to me yeah. because previously the idea that in five seconds I can only, t- as a matter of fact, turns make no sense in the sort of combat system. But anyway. Um, unless you're constantly swinging and it's about whoever's got, whoever's going to try whatever at whatever time. And either if it fails, it gives it to your opponent to try to succeed yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. You need to play GURPS, Mac. Or Do they have simultaneous combat? GURPS has everything. If you, if you give Mac the around GURPS. And, like, around and GURPS. No, 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 no. If you give Mac the GURPS combat thing, I've al- you would have a, a, a book of things that are wrong with GURPS. it. I've, I've, al- yeah. I've already got GURPS beat. We were, we've already, we've already uh, 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 theorized a Godzilla campaign in which I would run a Godzilla movie's audio in the background, and we'd be playing in real time. That's Screw funny. two seconds. <laughs> so... Anybody else have anything we need to touch on? We went pretty long on this. Yeah, one. this one is a. Uh, Next prob- time we'll do what we like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should probably unearth this again. Uh, okay, just once around the table. Uh, uh, excited or scared, Brian? Oh, very excited. Lucas, very excited. Steve, sounds pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it seems pretty cool, Mac. Uh, Tony Danza cuts in line. <laughs> is that scary? Uh no, you know what? I think I'm okay with Tony Danza cutting in line now. <laughs> but no, it's uh um I'm always a big fan. I'm always excited because I, I, I'm a power gamer and it's always He's, nice to have a new system to break over. Yeah, me. yeah. Okay. You know, I want to look at the new shiny stuff. Yeah. I want you to break the system. What, what is the fighter like, for me? You know what I mean? <laughs> like for me, uh, this 
starter set has got me pretty excited. I think it may have got me back into D&D for a little while. Um, I've been running around a whole lot of other systems for a couple of editions now. You know, that's been a long time. And um, I'm pretty excited for this one. It feels good. It feels like my homebrew to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, listeners to the podcast are going to be getting, you know, my, my, on my horizon, it's going to be, all right, listen up. This is the rogue I made. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So take this to your DM and make so, him smoke it. So take it for <laughs> what? Take it and use it and roll it in your pipe. Roll it'll it be, up. It'll be a group effort. Do with it. It'll be a group effort. Whatever, break, I, whatever break I write up, whatever I write up, it'll be the dervish that makes 30 attacks. And, and Brian will tell me, but a genie one shots you. And it'll be like, oh, okay. Well, that class doesn't work. So let's see what. Like. <laughs> so uh, break it. Let's talk about it. See what we've got. Uh, if you guys have any options or if we said something that was just absolutely ridiculous, hit us back up. Let, us Let the real play test begin. Dan at carpegm.net. And uh, with that, I'm going to call it. Thank you for joining us. This has been the Carpegm Gamecast. I'm Dan. I'm Brian. I'm Lucas, Steve, and I'm Tony Danza. <laughs> and remember, <laughs> oh, God, it's been so long. Uh, support the hobby. Support the industry. Support your local game store. And support TsunamiCon. Check them out on Kickstarter. And, and no, we don't do. I that heard anymore. Steve do that in casual conversation. Really. <laughs> and <laughs> It's like the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Whoa, that sounded bad. I don't like the all right. Man. What the fuck all are you right. going to say? We have a... Ha. Ha. Hello. <laughs> a safe Hi. haven. Hello. <laughs> and welcome to the Carpet GM Gamecast. Good evening. <laughs> you, you want me to say that? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Carpet GM Gamecast. It's like fucking yeah, 1938. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. So it's like... <laughs> Max Headroom. <laughs> <laughs> you should just do it as subtly as possible. Like, hello. <laughs> Today, hello. Alan Rickman. <laughs> we take our own lives. Masterpiece Theater. Good evening. Masterpiece Theater. Today, we take a walk through. We should just get the date. Ooh, we should get the, the Dateline guy. Hello, to, uh, and welcome to <laughs> July 7th, 2014. I was going to keep whistling until somebody identified, but nobody got it. I didn't. I couldn't hear. Well, I don't know what the fuck is that. Is that over the rainbow? That's good. That's good. No, it's police academy. You sure? Yeah. Because I just think you suck at humming. Eight years of band, still can't fucking ham. Ham. Can't speak. Can't speak. Can't ham. God damn. Oh, I can ham. Good goddamn. All right. Can you go ham? Is the important thing. I've, I've went ham. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Carpe Gym Gamecast. <laughs> Sorry. Is that better? <laughs> I guess. Tony Dan. All right, you start us off. I can't do that. Brian's going to start us off this time. Tonight's topic <laughs> Tony Danta. All right. Do, do, do the end. And. Uh, I, don't, I don't like that. <laughs> Whoa, why? I, I just don't like it. Why? Sounded kind of gay. Do something else. <laughs> do something else. Hi. I tried that already. Yeah. Now you're jocking. Shrimp! <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Wait, you seriously want me to start it? <laughs> I don't know. One of us. Because everyone. Well, I can't. Now I was like, it actually, Dan, thank you for joining us. If, if in 10 years we decide to do the opening montage of Dan opening every episode, this would ruin it if we had one where it was bass. So uh, fuck that. <laughs> that. That's your reason. That's the reason. <laughs>
I think I think it would make it better if just one randomly in the middle of the montage was best. Ryan, like, hey guys, <laughs> I didn't get a tattoo. I didn't, t- hey I didn't get a tattoo when I was nineteen because I knew you couldn't. Kerbrick apparently one. got in there somehow. Oh hey, <laughs> I never even thought of joining the CIA. Didn't I just know you were there. Would you like doors. some cookies? <laughs> Okay, I'll try something. I'll try it. Let me just get this for you. I still maintain it would be funnier with one random grind in the middle of the montage. All right, I'll try it. All right. Now? The Carpe Diem Gamecast is presented under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License Version 3.0. To contact us with questions, comments, and other feedback, please send your emails to dan at carpegm.net. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at C-A-R-P-E underscore G-M. Thanks for listening.